If you take God's precious word and turn the book of Proverbs chapter 4, please. Proverbs chapter 4, God willing, we'll be expounding verses 5 through 8 tonight. The title of the message is, Don't Forget What You Get. Don't Forget What You Get. We began our study of chapter 4 last week when Solomon began speaking to young people. Of course, we learned that when he speaks to young people, he's speaking to all of us, but most specifically, he was targeting the young people. And so now tonight, Solomon continues his exhortation to the younger generation, telling them in verse 5, get wisdom, get understanding. And that's a repeated theme in the book of Proverbs. But it reminds us, the verbiage reminds us that uh, there's something very important we need to understand. Solomon said, get wisdom. Solomon said, get understanding. And this reminds us that wisdom and understanding uh, doesn't come natural to us. It's not something you're born with, like talent. They're things that we get. And that means we have to go to God to get them. So being wise is something when we're talking about getting, get wisdom, get understanding. Being wise and having understanding that, that involves, it requires interest and action on our part. But now Solomon is going to give us all a much needed warning. He said, get wisdom, get understanding. In other words, have that desire in your heart. Take the action that's needed to seek God for that wisdom and understanding. But then he says this. He says, don't only get, but don't forget. Don't just get. Don't forget. <laughs> he says, forget it not. And I wonder what was going through Solomon's mind when he wrote this. Solomon was the wisest man on the face of the earth. He had asked God for wisdom when he was young. Maybe when he was the same age as the people he's writing to, you know, the younger generation. I remember David uh, said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender. That's how he described him. And so here he is, uh, you know, as a young man saying, God, I, I don't know how to lead a group of people. His words were, I don't know how to come in and go out. He's, he's, I need wisdom to know how to lead this group of people. It's a little, little overwhelming to that young man. And now as he's older, he's writing these Proverbs I just wonder what was going through his mind. He was known around the world for his wisdom and by which he governed the kingdom and people came from far to see that kingdom and to experience the wisdom they heard of on their own. But we all know that when Solomon grew older, after he had gained all that wisdom, after he got wisdom, he then forgot wisdom, right? After he got wisdom... He forgot much of the wisdom that he had learned. Now, it didn't mean that, uh, he, he, was, that he was saying, Now, what was that God taught me back then? And, I, you know, I just don't remember that wisdom. It, it's not like that. So he didn't forget wisdom in the, in the way that we'd forget a password on the computer. What was that password again? Uh, I got locked out of, out of an account the other day and couldn't remember 
a particular question that's supposed to have been asked me, a security question. It's not like that. He forgot wisdom in the way that we forget to run an errand while we're uptown. I forgot the bread. You know, something like that. Uh, the other night, my wife was working hard in the kitchen. She was trying to tidy up before we turned in for the night. She worked so hard. And we went to sleep. And the next morning, she woke up. She walked into the living room. And she could hear the sound of water running. And that's when she realized she left the water on in the kitchen sink all night long. Oh, yeah, it happened, Hannah. It happened all night long. What happened was she'd been multitasking in the kitchen, doing more than one thing at a time, and somehow she got distracted by one job and completely forgot another. She didn't forget that, you know, you're supposed to turn water off. She didn't forget the wise principle of water conservation. She had never tried to defy that wise principle. She felt terrible when she found out the water had been going on, especially when I pay for it by the gallon, you know. But she simply forgot one task because she was distracted by another. That's the kind of forgetting that Solomon is talking about here. You see, it, when Solomon grew old, he didn't forget about the wise principles God taught him. He just let himself get distracted by the cares of this world. And that caused him to forget the wisdom of God. It slipped from his mind because other things had slipped in. So here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. Wisdom will slip out when we allow the world to slip in. Not that we forget the wise principles. Solomon never forgot them. David never forgot that it was wrong to commit adultery. He never forgot that it was wrong to commit murder. He never forgot that it was wrong to lie. But King David, when he let the cares of this world slip in, the wisdom slipped out, and he forgot the wisdom that he got. And he committed that sin with Bathsheba. Solomon had made some very foolish decisions in his older age, and it damaged his kingdom. And I'm sure later he thought to himself, how could I, the wisest man, have done such foolish things? And I just wonder if probably while he's writing this proverb, he may be reflecting on his younger years. And now having made some mistakes and reflecting on his dad's younger years, you know, when he was the one who slew Goliath and just was this innocent, righteous godly young man and then what become of him when he got older maybe he's reflecting on the foolish decisions he had made and the foolish decisions his dad had made and and now he warns the young people don't forget the wisdom you get you get wisdom but don't forget what you get never rely on the wisdom of your youth to carry you in your old age that's a good warning never rely on the wisdom of your youth to carry you in your old age. A lot of times we get wisdom in our youth. God promotes us. God uh, moves us forward in life. And, and we get to a place where we're respected by people in society. 
And when we do, we can become careless like, like a Samson. He got so accustomed to having strength that he forgot he could lose it in a way. I mean, he just got so, I mean, he knew he could, but he got so careless with it. He just assumed it would always be there. He just assumed he'd always be able to throw the Philistines off. He said to himself, I'll go out as I, out as I have before and shake myself free of these Philistines. And perhaps David and Solomon, they're kings, you know. Everyone listens to them. They always win the wars. God's always blessing them. Everything seems to turn out right. They're always landing on their feet. And you grow accustomed to that thinking, well, this will always be like this. This is, I've arrived in the kingdom and with my relationship with God. No, you haven't. Because you can forget what you get when it comes to God's wisdom. If you can forget what you get, then you can lose what you got. <laughs> you know? You can lose what you have. And those blessings can make wings and they can fly away. For wisdom to uh, slip out, the world will slip in. Solomon had let the worldly lust of women slip into his heart and the wisdom of God slipped right out of it. Solomon says, don't forget wisdom. Look back in your text. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. And that word decline means to bend away from. When Solomon made his poor decisions, he didn't make those decisions because he was ill-informed. He knew better. He didn't decide to marry an unbeliever because he had a temporary lapse of judgment. He didn't support her idolatrous worship because he didn't know God's word. and It was done out of ignorance. Solomon knew the word of God. Solomon helped write the word of God as we're reading tonight. But a beautiful woman had been set before his eyes and his desire for her caused his heart to bend in her direction and thus decline from God's. That makes sense? That's what he's saying. Don't decline from wisdom. Don't decline from the wisdom of God. He says, don't let some worldly attraction become a distraction from God in your life. But that's what will happen. A worldly attraction will become a distraction from God in your life. Something in the world, something in your flesh that you really, really crave. It will start drawing you toward it. And, and your flesh will want to bend toward it. And you know what will happen when that happens? You'll, your, your mind will say, okay, here's the wisdom you've got. Here's what the Bible says. Here's what you know is true. But because you want that so bad, you'll start making excuses for it. You'll start justifying why it's okay to do this. I'm sure that's what Solomon was thinking. Well, as long as I'm not worshiping in the temple, you know, I'll make this for my wife to please her. God wants us to please our wives. I can just picture him thinking that in his mind. And so he sets the wisdom aside. He forgets that wisdom. And he declines from it. Because he's inclining toward that lust of the flesh. Never make an excuse for sin. Never, make, never set aside wisdom. Never, which is the same as forgetting it. Don't do it as we're going to look here. Look back in your text. He says, forsake her not. When Solomon declined from God's word to incline toward uh, his sin with, with those uh, unbelieving women... He forsook wisdom. 
and understanding. Literally, uh, he let her go. He let it go. And Solomon is saying, don't forsake wisdom. He's saying, keep a tight grip on wisdom and never let it go. Hold on to it like the, 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 the train on a track. As it grips those rails, those, those wheels grip the rails. If they ever slip off those rails, you're going to have a, a, a derailment. They have to hang on tight to those rails. And if they hang on tight to those rails, they're going to go right down the path that the designer made for them. And if we hang on to God's Word, we're going to go right down the path the designer made for us. And, uh, and if we forsake them, if we forsake God's Word, we're going to tump it over. The idea is, if you're holding on to wisdom, then you won't take hold of sin. If you've got a tight grip and you're retaining wisdom, then you will not retain sin. You can't stand on the principles of God's Word and fall for the tricks of this world. I'm going to say that again. You cannot stand on the principles of God's Word and fall for the tricks of this world. They're, the two just don't work together. Uh, if, you, if you stand on God's Word, you won't fall for the tricks of the world. If you fall for the tricks of the world, it's because you're not standing on God's Word. Pure and simple. Hold tight to wisdom. Look back in your text. Psalm says, and she shall, <laughs> there's a tongue twister, she shall preserve thee. This literally means that she's going to put a fence around you. That's what it means in the Hebrew. She's going to hedge you about and protect you from the enemy like we would hedge about the parking lot here with those uh, uh, fences or those gates. She's going to hedge you about and protect you from the enemy from gaining access to your heart and spoiling your goods that God has blessed you with. Solomon says, look, make your text, love her. Love wisdom. If you're going to fall in love with a woman, make sure you fall in love with wisdom. <laughs> love her, he says. You want, you want someone sweet to fall in love with? Fall in love with wisdom. Wisdom will never leave you. Wisdom will never break your heart. Wisdom will always have your back. Wisdom will always be your friend. It will. Love her, Solomon said. Love to hearken to the Word of God. Love to be corrected and instructed by it. Love her, he said. Look back in your text. And she shall keep thee. She shall keep thee. And she'll take good care of you. Wisdom will be the best friend you will ever have. Should be the best friend you ever have. Remember God's wisdom. And so we're, we're looking at wisdom here, speaking of God's principles. And when you're speaking about God's wise principles, His wise truth, you're speaking of God. And so God should always be your best friend. If God's your best friend, then you're going to love God's truth. You love God's truth. You're loving God's wisdom. It all goes hand in hand. Solomon said in verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. The principal thing. Now this word principle is different from the word principle. So the principle here doesn't mean like a wise principle. It means principle in the sense that it's the very top thing. The very first thing. The very most important thing. It's up at the top. It's the most important thing. It 
should have first place in your life. Wisdom should. Pure and simple. First place in your life. Don't forsake wisdom to please your wife or husband. Almost sounds wrong saying that in a way. If you were to tell that to the world today, don't forsake wisdom to please your wife or husband. And, uh, you know, a, a man or a woman, I, there was a man talking about something one time, and he's talking about his long hair. That dude, he had some long hair. His way, I think it was down, like down to here, if I remember right. I remember him being interviewed. He was a Christian singer. And uh, I remember him being interviewed about his hair. He says, well, you know, he said, I started growing my hair one day, and I, I was, you know, he's getting long, you know, getting needing a haircut. He said, my wife started noticing it started getting curly on the end when it got long. She goes, oh, don't cut it, leave it like that. It looks nice. He said, so I did. The next thing you know, it just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. It was longer than most women's. He said, I saw it as a way that I could please my wife. Well, you know, Adam saw it that way too, didn't he? He, he saw eating that fruit as a way he could please his wife. Well, God wants us to please our wives. But you know what? Husbands, wives are not the principal thing. There's an old saying, happy wife, happy life. That's a lie. Adam had a happy wife and it gave them a very unhappy life. Happy God, happy life. How about that? That's the way it ought to be. See, God's the principal thing. You cannot forsake God's principles without forsaking the God of the principles. You can't. When, when, when Adam took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... He didn't say, oh, I don't like God. What did he do? God gave him the wisdom. Don't eat from this tree. You eat from all these other trees. This tree here will cause you death. This is what this tree is about. Don't partake of it. And so he forsook that wisdom. He let her go. He didn't love wisdom. He loved his wife more than wisdom. So he forsook wisdom... To please his wife. At that point in time, the wife now has been placed above wisdom, which means she's been placed above God. He now takes her wisdom at the cost of rejecting God's. So he didn't make wisdom the principal thing, and because of that, he hurt his wife. He hurt their children. He hurt us. So... Don't forsake wisdom to please your wife. Don't forsake wisdom to please your husband. Don't forsake wisdom to please your friends. Don't forsake wisdom to please yourself. That's what Solomon did. He forsook wisdom to please himself. Wisdom must come first. And to put anything before wisdom is to violate the first of the Ten Commandments. By having Another God before him. That's what Adam did. When he took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He says I'm going to put my wife above my God. God said this. Eve says that. I'm going to go with what Eve says. He just had another God before God. The one true God of the Bible. This being the case. Solomon says look back in your text. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting. 
get understanding. And, and, and the two are essentially the same thing and they go hand in hand. Get the wisdom of God's word and by doing so increase your knowledge of God's will. Get the wisdom of God's word and increase your understanding of God's will. Solomon said, verse 8, exalt her and she shall promote thee. Exalt wisdom and then wisdom will promote you. And when you exalt wisdom in your heart, you are exalting the word of God. Therefore, you are exalting God in your heart. You're sanctifying God in your heart. You, you are giving it the preeminent place in your life, making God's word, his statutes, number one in your life. When we prioritize God's word like this, the Bible says wisdom will promote us, which is another way of saying that wisdom will raise us up. When you get a promotion, you don't go down the ladder, you go up the ladder. Down the ladder is a demotion. And so he's just another way here in the Hebrew of saying, you exalt wisdom, you lift wisdom up, and wisdom's going to turn around and raise you up. So herein lies another kingdom principle. When we lift up God's wisdom, God's wisdom will lift up us. When we lift up God's wisdom, God's wisdom will lift up us. In fact, the higher we lift up God's wisdom, the higher God's wisdom will lift us up. It's proportionate. Solomon says in, uh, in, the, in, the, in the next section, back in your text, she shall bring thee to honor. And the Hebrew word translated honor here literally means that wisdom will make you heavy. Wisdom will make you heavy. I love eating. My wife had to do some major adjustments when she became my wife. She wasn't used to fixing so much food for a man. This is a true story. True story. When my oldest daughter Allison got married, all she knew was cooking. The only man she knew that she'd ever cooked for was her dad. And so when she cooked for Luke at first, she fixed a huge plate of food. He's like, what do I do with all this? And she had to learn to adjust and she realized not everyone eats like daddy does. But I like to eat. And when I go to Subway, I don't go to Subway very often, but sometimes I do. When I go to Subway, I order a lot. I tell them to put everything on there. And this is what I do every time. They'll fold my sandwich up. They'll stick it in the sack. And I'll pay for it. And when they hand me the sack, every time, this is what I do. I grab the sack and I go, and I see how heavy it is. And if I go like this and that sack is light, I know I'm going to eat that and I'm still going to be hungry even though it's a foot long and I'm thinking I got ripped off but if they hand it to me and the sack kind of goes Ooh, like that on my hand a little bit I think alright that's what I like to, like to feel you see if it's light then I know there's not much to that sandwich and people are light too aren't they there's some people they look good on the outside but there's not much to them 
They're just as light and shallow and empty as they can be. And, and so uh, if, if, if the sandwich is heavy, though, you know there's a lot to that substance. There's a lot of substance to that sandwich. And, and, and the idea here is that if you'll exalt wisdom, if you'll love wisdom, wisdom will put a lot of substance in you. You won't be a light person. You'll be packed full of the knowledge and understanding of God. You'll have some substance. You'll be a weighty person. People recognize, like when I feel that weight of that sandwich, people recognize that you're not a light person. They'll recognize there's something to you, and they'll give you uh, respect. Some may despise you for the wisdom you have, but, but it will promote you. It will give you respect in people's eyes. Even fools can recognize wisdom a lot of times. People don't take a fool seriously though, do they? They laugh at them, they have fun, but no one takes a fool seriously. I guarantee you all these rock stars and stuff going around looking crazy, singing crazy with all that money and everything, nobody when they were in trouble would want to sit down in front of one of them and say, hey, I really could use some advice right now. No one would go to that person like that. They wouldn't. They wouldn't go to the Kardashians for advice. They wouldn't. But they'll take a wise person seriously. Solomon said, Wisdom will bring you to honor. Look back in your text. When thou dost embrace her. When you embrace wisdom, she will bring you to honor. She'll make you a weighty person. She'll lift you up. She'll put a hedge of protection around you. All of these things Solomon said. When you embrace her as your first love. As the principal thing. Your heart begins to fall in love. With the word of God. With the wisdom of God. With yielding to the principles of scripture. And placing them above all else. The more you love wisdom. The more she'll love you back. Don't forget her. Embrace her. With that we'll go ahead and close tonight. Lord willing take back up. In verse 9. Next Wednesday. And close the word of prayer. Thank you for all those who came tonight and those who tune in. I know a lot of times on Wednesday night you think, oh, it'd be so nice just to eat supper and sit back and watch television. But there's people who put their Wednesday clothes on, come to church, come to hear God's word, turn the TV off, tune in online, wherever they are. You know, that's another way of making wisdom the principal thing. And if you put the television before wisdom, that's another way of making the television the principal thing. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Lord, it is the principal thing. Solomon didn't say make it the principal thing. Solomon said it is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. It's a matter of whether or not, Lord, we honor it as the principal thing. We acknowledge it. And, and put it first in our lives by faith acting on the truth of it being the principal thing that it is. And Father, I pray, Lord God, that we'll exalt you in our hearts, that you may promote us, Lord, 
in this world and in the world to come. Make us weighty, not weighty with the burdens of this flesh and this world, but weighty with the substance of your golden truth. We ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Be with all the prayer requests once again that were mentioned tonight by our precious members. In Jesus' name.